You got your mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. You're like a piece of heaven in a hurricane. It's bubbling over. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Mountain Podcast. This is Vince Sierra, and today I'm by myself, and we are doing something a little bit different. We've had to do this once in the past, and that's because of sicknesses and travel, and all of our schedules couldn't line up, so we couldn't get the team together. And so we are going to play one of our favorite episodes, which is episode six. We're going to replay that, and it's all about discipline. I know for my life, when I begin to get undisciplined in certain areas, I just get all out of balance and all out of whack. And so today we're going to re-listen to episode six that is just about finding that rhythm in life and getting that discipline that we need in order that we may be successful in all that we do. So enjoy this. I hope you guys have a good week. Next week, we will be back with an all-new episode. So we love you guys, and thank you so much for listening, watching, and subscribing. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week, Off the Mountain, with uh, Pastor Tom, Pastor Ron, Vince, Sierra, myself. And uh, you know what? Today, we're going to talk about something that uh, is a little bit of a love-hate kind of topic for myself, and that's discipline. Um, I understand the importance of it, but I find myself falling in and out of discipline all the time. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into it and uh, talk about the upsides of it. I I, kind of believe that discipline has a direct effect on our quality of life. And so I don't think Joshua will find probably a successful person in the world that doesn't have a whole lot of discipline. Mm. I think it makes you or breaks you. I think this is a very important subject that we're discussing today. So what 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 do you what is discipline to you guys? Let's start there. I mean, what is the actual definition that you guys have for it? You guys start, Vince. What's your what's your definition of discipline? Well, I think it's finding yourself um, not in just a routine, but finding yourself in some structure um, that you're not willing to sacrifice on. So I think simplest, you know, that would be my simple answer would be something that you're willing to constantly do, but not have any give me's with it. I would say. I think it's looking at the big picture. And, 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 and bringing yourself to a place to where you're willing to sacrifice today to get what you want down the road. Mm. That's you, know, good. you know, as I've looked at discipline, I think it's putting in, in, in place something that you're going to do mm. and you're going to repetitively do it. I mean, it's something that you have to make a... I think discipline starts with a decision right. in your mind to do something. You have a picture of something. I want a good family. It's going to take discipline to have that. I want a good body. You're going to have to pay the price today for that long-term result. I think, uh, and, and you can take that to any area in life pretty yeah. much. It's who, who do you want to be, right? Um, who you want to be and what you want to be. Who you want to be when you grow up or when you grow older, right? If you're young, you think, man, this is the ideal person I want to be. And then you get older and life happens and it seems like life circumstances can be um, kind of a distraction to being disciplined, right? And it's easy to um, kind of give up. It's easy not not to give up, but to give in to uh, the the responsibilities and the things that you have to do. I, I found myself um, for a while, and, and and you guys know my struggle. You've you've uh, heard about my struggles a little bit. If you haven't, go back in the other podcasts and listen to those. Um, but I went through a pretty difficult time. I think I think one of the uh, reasons that I got to the place that I got to was because I was waking up in the morning and I wasn't being intentional about mm. my life, but I was waiting to hear my orders from other people. 
or I was waiting to hear uh, who I could help, you know, or I was waiting to hear, you know, what is the big emergency of the day, starting with my family, starting with my friends, and then, you know, uh, venturing out to work or venturing out to um, the community itself. I would always think, where, where am I most needed today? And I would put my effort in that. And then what would happen for me is I would get frustrated because I would think, I'm not getting the things done that I want to get done. I'm not becoming the person that I want to be. And then I would start to blame others when the truth is it was my fault for not setting my priorities straight and following them. And so now that I'm trying to do that, I need help. I'm basically self-employed if you look at that from that perspective. And I think sometimes when I look back in my life, being an employee with someone telling me you got to be at the office at 8 o'clock, you got to punch in, you punch out for lunch, you do this, you do that. That helped me with discipline. Right. I think a lot of young men and women, too, fail today because when they get into a position where they're self-employed or whatever, they don't have the motivation. They don't have the discipline to make you. Well, then it becomes self-discipline. Also, it's a good point because uh, what we don't realize is during COVID, a lot of people did become self Complacent employed in yeah, a way complacent. like, right, like yeah. it was you had to wake up you had to have your own schedule yep. you had to make the meetings you had to do the things but you weren't being watched over you weren't in that social environment of work or right. you're sitting at a desk or whatever it is um and you know life happens you know if you have a kid that's crying or asking for something uh they take precedence over you know whatever it is that you're doing and of course you want to be a good parent so you know it was difficult i think a lot of people got off of their course during that time. And now they're having a hard time getting back on. Yeah. So what do we do? I mean, what's the, what, I mean, I I like how you started with asking yourself the the tough question of where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? So once you figure that out and that's work, right? That takes intention. Once you figure that out, then what? Then I think you have to put yourself in situations where sometimes you're forced to have some discipline. Um, you know, for example, I was telling Tom, Tom was Mr. California, and he was went through all that. But I make myself get up 5.36 in the morning. Do I want to? I don't want to. Right. But I set my alarm on my mm-hmm. phone, and I get up, and without really thinking it through, I go to the gym. And really, honestly, maybe it's my age, but I hate the 45 minutes I'm in the gym. I make <laughs> my body hurt until it's wanting to yell out, stop. But I put myself through that because I like the results of it later on. I feel it'll give me a longer life. And so uh, in a minute, I'm going to take you down a different road because I woke up this morning knowing we were going to do this podcast, and I just thought of willpower fatigue. And it took me down a whole direction in this because to have discipline, you have to have a strong willpower. And willpower fatigue basically tells us that when you make decisions all day long, usually in the evening, you're worn out because you only have, uh, you know, so much mental energy. And, and you can use that up. People don't understand that. Just like if you work your legs every day, Tom, you know this. If you worked your legs every day, nine or ten sets, Tom, what would happen to your legs? Oh, it'd be fatigued. <clears throat> you couldn't recover. Because it's always recover. It's recover. It's recoverability. Right. Yeah. How, how do you come out of that? It well, is. you know, I think the thing about it is, is, uh, you know, and we see this in our life. This is going to make sense when I tell you. When we've had a real stressful day and made a lot of decisions, when the evening rolls around, you don't have any more mental energy in you to make decisions. 
what do you do? You go to Netflix or whatever, and you turn it you on. You watch some programs. Yeah. For a lot of people out there who put off going to the gym at night, I'm going to predict that a lot of you don't go mm. because you're tired. You're, you're mentally fatigued. Uh, so I think something about getting up in the morning, having my day pre-planned, and going, while I'm strong mentally, I'm going to get this stuff done out of the way and then allow myself to come down on, on the e- at the evening times. I, uh, I only push my workout off in the morning during the morning like like it, when i wake up i'm like yeah i think i'll do it tonight you know <laughs> and uh and it's based on how i feel and, right. and i'm trying really hard now to discipline my mind and do the things that i don't feel like doing in order to become the person that i know i want to be and so do you guys think that there's a direct result um or a direct connection between uh quality of life and having discipline oh, oh definitely I- Guys, the way I look at discipline is it's 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 the bridge between a goal and an accomplishment. We all have goals and accomplishments, whether it's physical, whether it's work related, and you can have that goal. But if you want to get it accomplished, you're going to have to have discipline. That, that's mm-hmm. that's the bridge. So what are you going to do to get there? And I do think it affects every part of life, Josh. I like that. I'm going to write that down, Tom. The goal, uh, or the bridge between the goal. Discipline is a bridge between goals and accomplishments. An accomplishment. I like that. Yeah. Good. Well, well, if, if you think about it, Pastor and I will we'll talk about you know um, um, doing something. And yesterday we talked about a new idea and a project, and that's an that's a, that's a goal. Yeah. Now we're going to accomplish something, and it might take a year to do it. Right. But we're going to have to have some discipline in the meantime, because how do you figure out what more time do you have? You don't have any more time in your day. I don't have any more time Tom, in my well, day. You said it well. Yeah. Goals and and vision, that really helps you uh, be disciplined. Yeah. Because when you really want to reach those goals right. and you're looking down the road, you know you're not going to get there without discipline. Right. No way. I, uh, I mean, look at our doctors in our church, the attorneys, the lawyers. They didn't get there without being disciplined. I, I read in a book recently, it's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Very good book in case anybody wants to uh, learn more about discipline. In that book, she talks about people who have a fixed mindset versus people who have a growth mindset. And fixed mindset people... Um, they're stuck and they can't move forward and they blame others and all these things. Um, I believe that a fixed mindset person could still have a routine, but right. maybe they're not getting to where they want to go. Uh, or they've gro- arrived there. Or they've arrived there. And they want to and, get, and then what happens, the bar uh, rises as you, as you, you know, get to the point yeah. you want to be. Uh, but, th- but she talked about um, your accomplishments in, 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 in accomplishing what you value. And I thought that was really interesting because there's what we value in our head, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. we know what we value. And I don't know how many people have written down their values that are listening to this, but I've started the process of doing that and kind of working. It's a working document. But I write down what I value, but I don't think of it as something I can accomplish. I think of something as I either live or I don't live. But but as I've as I'm learning, I'm learning the importance of waking up in the morning and not having a fixed mindset, but having the type of mindset where I can grow into the person that I want to be. And so it's intention. It's not just dis- it's not just showing up. It is showing up. That's half the battle, right? Uh, but the other half is actually being intentional with what you're showing up to do. So let's say you showed up the gym, showed up at the gym, right? And I know how you guys are. If you show up at the gym, you're going to work out. But let's say that you're the type of person that shows up at the gym and talks to people. Which a lot of people do. Bless their hearts. Jim is right. the wrong place for you to be. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and leave I've... your cell phones at home, please. Yeah. You see the guy at the gym who's not sweaty at all, who's just hanging out. You know, he's having a good time. And um, that's great. 
you know, it's wonderful. If that's what you're doing it for, then that's okay, great. Okay, here's the mystery. Tom can answer this one. Here's the guy that goes in the gym, and I watch him. He's talking all the time. I don't see him working out much, but he's built really good. Come on, Tom. What's up with that? I don't see him working out much. They got this great physique. He, he, he possibly does a split workout, and that's the one that doesn't matter. I think he just hangs <laughs> right. That's the, right, one, he's right. doing, that's I, the I, one he's doing cardio on. Right. Right. Is it all the chemicals he's taking? Oh, he doesn't part, have to no, work no, out no. much. No, the, the PEDs are a huge uh, part of that. I think he's just a gym rat. I think well, you know, as you talk about this, where I see the problem at the gym is when the two fixed mindset people show up. Right. So you got a fixed guy who shows up, doesn't work out, and is on the phone, and the guy who's fixed wants that a piece of equipment. Hmm. I think when a fixed mindset guy runs into a growth mindset guy yeah. who goes by and wants the bench press and it's occupied, he goes, I'll go do the cable crossovers. I'm yeah. one of those guys, yeah. though. That's I was right. in the gym today. That's right. If somebody wanted to talk, I'm doing it more often now. I get on my machine and I'm doing my reps while they're talking. Yes. So, so let me, I won't let stop me, and just let's, talk. Let's go with this thought that Tom just had. This is really important. I yeah, think this yeah. is one of the least talked about things in discipline, something that's really that I'm really looking into. You get to the point where you're at the gym and somebody's on your piece of equipment. That's part of your plan, yes. right? Your plan is to use that piece of equipment and Cuz this is what I got to do. And it's occupied, which is which is that's that's a uh, a bump in the road. That's right. a uh, an well, obstacle. That, that, right? that is a that is a gym owner's blessing. Right. Because they're selling more memberships right. than actually people sure. can work but, out but, of the but, gym. But when it happens to you, what happens is, and this could be used for any area of life, sure. when you have a plan and there's an obstacle, what does the disciplined person do? They have to, they have to figure out another way to get the yes. same result. Yes. You, right? you, you've got to have that ability to be flexible. Yeah, to go over to say, I can get the same result with this other machine. Yes. Right. But yeah. case in point, I, I do something a little differently. Uh, very often in the gym, someone will either be on their phone or they'll be dazing out on a machine I want. Nine times out of 10, I'll go up and say, excuse me, how much longer are you going to be here? Hmm. And I would say, you think, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking, whatever, whatever. So I'm pretty bold if I want that machine. And then, of course, if they give me a dirty uh, uh, look or they don't respond well, I just go to another machine. Sure, sure. So, so let's take that same mindset and let's apply that to reading the Bible in the morning. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you get up and you open your word and it's you're in the middle of lamentations you know it's not really speaking to you you're not really receiving what you want to receive what do you do in that in that point that's an obstacle right like you're not getting the thing that you want to get. do you look deeper into that do you find something else what do you do uh, me myself uh, and and I think you come up against that situation a lot when you're sitting in there open your bible and all of a sudden you hear a, a, a noise and your wife has dropped the plate mhm mm you're like, oh my gosh, I need to go take care of that, and I'm going to forego the heavy reading, and I'm going to turn to the fire starter. Hmm. And the fire starter. Who wrote that book? <laughs> you right. did. The, but <laughs> the fire. But yeah. the fire starter is made for a three minute read. Yes. yes. It's got an illustration. It's yes. got an application, and it's got verses that combine with it. Because I, one of the things that I think, Josh, I think God has in His Word has planned what we're talking about right now. Right. The Bible says, acknowledge God in all your ways. Lean not on your understanding, right. and you'll make your path. I think that is a growth mindset. Well, you've I, got your you've got your goals, right? You got to get it accomplished, but you're going to partner with. Aren't God. there days where it just your plans just don't work out? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. all the time. Yeah, but I think if you have a bigger, like you guys talked about goals, I would even call it the word we'd use in, in church is purpose. If you have a bigger purpose, I go to the gym. You know, I read my. I want to get closer to God. I want a healthier body. So I'll go and like, just you go back to the gym for example. I'll go into the gym if I'll look 
right into the weight room on the east side we work out you know and if all the machines that i want to use are like not i'll switch my whole workout and do something completely different that day just to get my 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 purpose and to get my goal just to get healthy that's my goal of going to the gym so i won't let that take away from what i'm supposed to be doing same with reading the word i won't let that if if i get stuck in the word i'll get creative with it but i'm not going to let that did, you know, get one me of off my purpose. one of my bi- biggest dysfunctions in life has been an all or nothing attitude. Yeah, um, well, where'd you get that from? I think you inherited <laughs> that. <laughs> well, probably. And, and, and that's the, me. But the good side of it is when it's all, it's all. You know, I'm get, I'm right. into it. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm killing it. But then when it's, when something, there's a bump in the road. There's a, there's a distraction. There's an obstacle. Many times, I just, I just throw my hands in the air. I say, I'm moving on to. Your mother has been an evangelist in this area. She has preached to me for years. You're either all in or all out. What about balance? Yeah. And she's always preached balance. But you said something, and I want to ask you a question. And that is, you talked about getting into routine. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, in order to be disciplined, very often our routines turn into ruts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and if, whether you're talking about working out or reading the Bible or praying mm-hmm. or accomplishing to, a goal, we have to shake up those routines every once in a while yep. so they don't become ruts right. and do stuff a different way. That to me is a key of remaining disciplined. That's yes, good. it is. Uh, like I, I hate to say this, my wife will be mad at me, but I, I'm a member of two different gyms. <laughs> well, I let me take that back. I, I have been a member of two different gyms. Often, we have a gym in the complex we right. live in. Plus, right. I, I'm joined a gym, and so sometimes I have to change gyms, do something differently. Uh, with our Bible study, I need to go to Starbucks and That's get into a good. group. I have to change up the routine so, so it doesn't become a rut so I can remain disciplined. Yep. Do you think that there are people that are, that are like you said, stuck in a rut? They're doing the things that they've always done, but they forgot why they're doing it? Oh, yes, definitely. Well, well you know, definitely. I'll take a step back even further and then go forward. It's sometimes, and, and this is me, and I always realize that what are my expectations? You know, I mean, because unfulfilled expectation leads to anger. Right. So if I'm coming into the gym, my expectation isn't I got to use that piece of equipment. My expectation is I got a workout to do. Yep. I want to train my chest. And if that's my expectation, it's a lot different than I got to go w- do bench today. So so a lot of people will come in. If, and if, if I can't get in the Word and read for 10 minutes and I only get to read the fire starter, my expectation is I want to get something right. spiritual out of the day. I want to get a workout in even if it's not even but Josh, what I normally do. I'll give you an example of that. For a long time, I set my alarm at 8 o'clock every morning. It was a routine. Boy, you got to do it. 8 o'clock, and one day I said, why am I doing this? Why 8 o'clock? Why not right. 6 o'clock? <laughs> so I had a routine going, and I go, this doesn't even make sense. Why right, am I yeah. doing this? So, right, right, right. Uh, well, but, uh, real quick, I just want to do halftime for a second okay. and just and just make sure people understand. If, if you uh, don't know these men that are at the table, I want to I want to help you understand who these guys are. So my dad uh, is Pastor Ron Vietti. He started this church uh, in his living room in 1975. <laughs> now it's like 10,000 strong. Um, Big living room. That, that, doesn't just, living room. that doesn't just happen. Um, that is happens with intention over time. Pastor Tom Touchstone is an amazing leader, helps a lot of people out today, but he started off uh, as a bodybuilder, and he actually won. He was Mr. California, which means he beat out everyone in California. That takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. And then from there on, you've been this disciplined is my third in many career. other areas. Right, but, exactly. but, but let, let, let me say this about Tom. He had to have tremendous discipline to become Mr. California. You had discipline on your legs, your calves, your your buys, your your traps. Well, the things you had to do, Tom, and you've told some stories, and some of them are kind of gross, but uh, (laughs) the things you have to do to get that level of physique and that level of body fat and all that stuff, that takes in. But Josh, the point is... 
he brought that same discipline over to the ministry. Yeah, right, right. That's my point. I mean, he yeah. started out with me, and I said, Tom, if you want to go in ministry, start out this way. I want you to start a, uh, a home group with guys. I want you to open up your home. And he opened it up, no people. He put the music on. He had the cookies, cookies out. Face. No people, no people. He kept up, no people, no people. Two people, six people, 10 people, 15. So, so awesome. it was the same discipline he brought over from that into other yeah. areas of life. Definitely. And now he's a successful pastor. For sure. And, and so uh, that's why the importance of this topic is so huge. And I think we're going to have to do a part two of this, honestly. But uh, let's go back into uh, after halftime. This is the second quarter. Uh, Dad, Pastor Ron, I know you had something to say. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm going back to this willpower fatigue. I, I, I woke up at about 3 or 4 in the morning thinking about this. You know, every time that you, you, you open a new browser tab on your cell phone, uh, you're making decisions. Hmm. And then should I answer this person or not? Decisions, decisions, decisions. You will get worn out. Hmm. Now, uh, in the evening time, it's hard to make good decisions. Uh, I believe this is probably a concept that's used a lot by marketers. If you'll notice, I always wonder, why all these infomercials late at night? You're worn out from making all these decisions <laughs> during the day. Wow. I was reading somewhere, and I thought it was so funny. They said, this is the reason that a very sensible person late at night might buy uh, some kind of program to rust-proof their brand-new car. That's funny. It doesn't make sense, but they're worn out. Also, now think of this. I read this somewhere, that the marketing people in the grocery store business they put all these things up at the counter that are impulsive type mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. buying things. Right. They know you went down every aisle trying to make up your mind. Should I buy Cheerios? Should I buy Fruit Loops? No, that's not good for the kids. Let me read this deal. Okay, decision made. Now go to the juices. This has too much sugar. You made all these decisions, mm-hmm. and this might sound crazy, but you're kind of worn out when you get to the right. you know what, stand you know and you go, a, I'll just take some of this. You know what's <laughs> interesting, too, is it's they're it's all funny. reward-based. I mean, a magazine, gum, a, a, a sugary drink, chocolate. Yeah. It's like, oh, I deserve a reward after that. Yeah. You know, and That's what TV is. That's what Netflix is. It's, right. uh, it's a reward after the long day. And occasionally, I think we need that stuff. It's fine. It's no big deal. But how many of us are wasting time and energy by watching TV at night, and then we wake up tired in the morning, and then it's just... Just I, I read something about this willpower fatigue. They even said that if you get a judge, now a lot of our people need to hear this because you're getting in trouble all the time. If you get a judge early in the morning, he's apt to give you a better decision than he will later afternoon, unless it's right after lunch. Mm. And uh, they said that if you get a judge in the morning time, you have a, a 65% chance of a more favorable judgment in, in, your, in your favor. Mm. Now, they say after lunch, though, is a good time to get people too. And I realize that, and that's why you'll see almost every staff meeting we have, if it's around 12, 1230, I buy lunch for people, let them eat first, and then we talk about business. So you get worn out, and uh, that's why I think in Psalms, and I woke up thinking about this verse, uh, David, after he's approached by Nathan, I think he didn't even know if he wanted to go on. But here's a key. He said something that we must remember. He said, God, in, in Psalms 51, 12, sustain me with a willing spirit. Mm. He said, God, I don't know if I have it in me to want to go on anymore. I'm embarrassed. Mm. I'm frustrated with myself. But God, you give me the power of, 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 of having a will to go on. And of course, that all plays into discipline. So you, you're talking about uh, decision fatigue. Uh, you said willpower to see. Will, it right, could be decision fatigue too. Fatigue, same thing. Um, uh, basically, it's the same idea. But what... I find interesting talking about the grocery store 
uh, aisle or uh, talking about the grocery right. store um, uh, checkout stand. When we get to the stand, there's there are magazines, and in those magazines, there are articles, there are messages, right? That represents, um, you know, 40 or 50 messages that you read while you're there of thousands of messages you're getting daily, right? Um, especially now with our inboxes. Every time I open my inbox, I have to decide about two, three hundred things that I don't want to buy, that I don't, that I don't need to buy. I have to say no to two hundred, three hundred. Okay, Josh, we're all right? in the ministry. Let me ask you this question: When I'm putting together a message, a sermon, or whatever, nighttime's a bad time to do that. When I wake up in the morning, it's like, man, I'm brand new. Mm-hmm. See, all those decisions during the day have worn on me. They well, made me tired. You but said, when I get in the morning, I feel like, man, I'm brand new. Well, I said can that, think again. You said that David was fatigued, right? Yes. Um, how much more are we fatigued than David? I mean, David didn't have to go to the grocery store and pick all this stuff out. David, he had other things that he had to worry about, but he didn't have an inbox. He didn't Do have a cell phone. you think David was overly fatigued on the day he saw Bathsheba? Doing her thing on her yeah, balcony. I do. He, he had been in war. He'd been making war plans. He had been doing all this stuff, and I think he was. That is no excuse for what he well, did. Well, there's a difference, and I think that he also um, was at a place where he was rich. He didn't start rich, right? He started uh, poor shepherd, right? And then now he's rich. He has everything that he wants, but he doesn't have everything he wants. You know, right? I think it goes back to what you said. I love that you brought up willpower because. I do think he was fatigued, but he was relying on willpower to get him through. Oh, I won't, I won't do that thing with Bathsheba because I think your willpower is more like a parachute in some ways. When it's when it's done, you know, you're pulling it, you know, so that you. I can, think you he know. was at a place where he's just like, what else is there? Yeah, but if you're not disciplined, like if he would have been disciplined, if he would have been in a place in time, then he would have been relying on his discipline and on his willpower to overcome that moment. Well, I think that's the difference because I think a lot of people think, oh, I can power through. I think, I think Josh, because I hang out with you, I think I can say this about you. I think you're such a high willpower person that you think you can willpower yourself out of situations. Right, that's where, the mistake. Where where you can't willpower right. yourself out of everything. If I if I have to study for an exam, and this has happened to me in college, you're studying, then you invite your friends over. Hey, come over, I'm going to be done soon. And then you put on a movie, right. then you order. Guess what? I'm going to stop studying because my willpower isn't greater than one. Well, of the you're right. Friends. I mean, I just was told that in therapy a few days ago. Oh. But uh, <laughs> no, that's exactly right. What it is right. is I I want to take care of everybody else's problems too. Right. Like I wake up in the morning and, and it's almost like I defer my problems so right. I can take care of other people's problems because it makes me feel better. And it's sure. really and I'm really not taking care of their problems. All I'm doing is giving them like a word of advice or I'm giving them a resource and I'm feeling better <laughs> about delaying, myself is what I am. You're delaying your yeah. Yeah, and then I'm pushing discipline. myself back right, and sure. then I don't get my stuff done. And so I get frustrated really easy because I don't I'm not actually just doing the things that I know I need to do. Every CEO book I've ever read, you guys would probably agree with this, they all they all talk about the importance of planning. And executing. Yep. You can't execute what you haven't planned. Well, let's talk about this, right? Josh. They say that uh, if you want to get really disciplined, sometimes you have to make decisions before you go to bed of what you want to do the next That's day. Good. So when you wake up, right. you don't have to think through those things. Uh, they're, uh, they're like automatic things. But let's go back to David, and you know that I'm going here. I bring everything back around yeah. to God. He's the one who wrote the verse. Lord, you give me the power to have a willing spirit. As a Christian, I have to ask for the Holy Spirit's help all the time mm-hmm. going, yeah. I don't have the willpower to do this right, right now. I have actually prayed many times uh, things like, God, right now, I don't have the willpower. I don't have the desire to do what I need to do right now. Please give me that power. 
And, and it seems to work. I believe God is there to help us and right. give us that, that sustaining power. But would you say, and just for sake of conversation, would you say that's more even falls into discipline than it even falls into praying for willpower? I think it's both. I think God is going to give us what we need. That's the big part of it. But because you're so disciplined in saying that prayer, like you've come to a place in your life where when you get weak, you pray, and that's a discipline. Would you I ask say for so? God's strength at least on the average of three times a day. Right. And, and I know we're talking a lot about working out, but right now I'm in a, a place that I, I spoke to you guys about where I am trying to discipline my tongue. And so right now I'm using a lot of these ideas I'm talking about today to discipline the words that come out of my mouth, to discipline my tongue. There's so many verses about it in the Bible. What do you have to say about that? I mean, that's the area that I'm trying to discipline myself in right now. What are you guys, are there some areas in your life that you're trying to discipline yourself in right now? Well, Where my, are you weak at? Where are you trying to get more discipline at? Uh, many areas um, for myself, many areas. But I, I think that what I'm trying to discipline myself the most right now is 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 my mindset. Mm. What what I mean by that is um, I want to have a the mindset to where when a difficult thing happens, I don't just cope with it, but I see it as an opportunity for growth, and that's what I'm trying to focus on right now. And and that's that's difficult to do, and I need to take that broad idea and hone it in. And so what I'm doing in the morning is I'm waking up and I'm doing my devotions and it's looking a little different every day. We're in the book of Corinthians right now on the bookmark. I follow the bookmark. I don't always read the Old Testament, I'll be honest, but sometimes Can I you do. do your devotions better by yourself or do you do them better in a group? Um, for I, group. I do them better by myself, but I see the importance of group because it's a different thing. So um, I will do them by myself uh, most of the days of the week, and then I have a group that I go to one day a week. Um, and for me personally, uh, I do it better by myself. But that's I think I'm an oddity in that um, because I, it also enables me to talk to people about it throughout the day. So I, there is a lot of interaction. Uh, why, do you, why do you say group, Tom? I, you know, I, I do it by myself. I mean, there's certain days that I am by myself, but when I'm by myself, I'm with my wife. Mm. So we'll do it together. So I'm saying that together doesn't have to be just right. other guys or a group like this. Yeah. It could be my wife. Because sure. I like to bounce ideas off. I mean, I, I've always been that guy. I want to bounce ideas. I like to hear other people's opinions. Sure. And, let and, let and me throw, throw a real curve at you. I like to do devotions by myself in the morning because I, I get it a deep thought. Mm -hmm. But in the perfect world, if I had time and I have time to do it, I like to do them by myself, then go and get into a group That's yeah. good. and hear their opinions and share my well, opinions. You, if I could do it both ways, I would right. get the most. Well, you and I are also, we, our gift would be teaching, probably right. bigger than anything. Right. And so I think that specifically for us, it's a little bit different because when I go to a group, I feel like I have this need to teach and I don't want to be like that all the time. Uh, when I'm true. in a group, I want to listen, right. I want to hear. Um, and so that's a, f a constant battle for me. So when I'm by myself, I'm like, God, what are you teaching me? Um, but I, I think it's different for everybody. I, I do think that groups are very important. Um, I think that that's a huge part of discipline. Plus, it's just if I've told a couple of guys that I'm going to be at a certain place at a certain time to read the Bible with them, that's accountability. And accountability is important. You brought right? up a good point. We're teachers. We're pastors, whatever. And, uh, you know, I can't keep up with the Bible bookmarker. I can't. You read a chapter in the Old Testament, a chapter in the New. I will spend sometimes maybe three days on one chapter. Sure. 
And so it's hard for me to keep up with that bookmarker. Then I go to a staff meeting and I forget where we're at. Well, the bookmark uh, is a guide. It's not a prison sentence. Right. Right. right? And it's, I not think a root, that, it's not a rut. Well, I th- yeah, exactly. I think a lot of guys think that. I think, oh, did you read all of it? Did you get this? Did you right. get that? I'm like, no, I, I didn't read all of it. But I did read this part today about uh, Paul and how he was uh, having to go against these super apostle guys that spoke better than him. But he he ends up talking about his own discipline and his own calling. And he and I just got a lot out of that. You know, Do your devotions um, ever last like 10 minutes. Sometimes because you yeah. read something and you get so into it, you go, I don't want to go any further. Well, that's isn't that the point though? Like when I when I open up the Bible, if I find what I'm looking for right away, that's a win. Yes. If it takes me right. five chapters to find what I'm looking for, that's also a you win. You want to stop and think about that all yeah, day. Sure. Yeah. I'm bummed when I read the Bible and I don't have enough time. Something happens, there's a meeting or something I have to go to, and I don't have enough time to finally to really delve into what I you know, what really caught my attention. You know, as we keep talking about things, and I think some of our audience, probably the majority of you might be Christians, but I think if you're not, I I think discipline being a choice, you know, I think it's more important than intelligence, athleticism, charisma, or any other natural attribute, because you're going to bring that wherever you go. You know, I mean, I, I used to bring that wherever I went before I was a believer, but the idea now that I am a believer and I make this choice to discipline myself it's going to be different than it was when I was yes. an unbeliever. Definitely. Definitely. So, so, so I see my fatigue going down because I'm not worrying about chasing around three different girls. Mm. <laughs> I'm married. Right. Well, you know, that, that, ass- that less complicates your life right there, right? We assume yeah. sometimes that everybody listening to us are believers yeah. and radical believers at that. But, 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 it, but if, you, if, if it's a choice, yes. I, I almost look at a, a pickup truck as being disciplined and I load in all my charisma, all my natural attributes, all the, the the intelligence I have, and that takes me someplace, and that's to accomplishments. Yes. And I think my biggest thing that I'm working on myself, Pastor, is I want to accomplish things. Mm. You know, you know, I, I, I'm accomplishing things, things today, next month, next year, and three years down the road. And I have to have a different mindset on each one of those. Yes. And and so so you can you know if and you don't want to take that mindset too far, mm. because then you get confused. But, but, you know, there again, I love what you did yesterday. In the middle of a, a, a staff meeting, you go, I got to pick up my kids. And you left. <laughs> no, you that's were, discipline. You forgot to pick up right. your well, kids. Well, no, that's, discipl- that's discipline because yeah. you did it, right? Right, sure. It, but, but I'm just saying, you're saying, oh, I got to do that. So I got to well, leave. Well, it's funny because uh, we do keep score of our, with ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated with myself a little bit. We made it. Everything was fine. But... Um, I was looking up uh, baseball stats recently. I've been interested in some of the old old players, and I was looking up some of the records. Some of the records are being broken now. Uh, but um, Cal Ripken Jr. Right? What he, a ball player! What a ball player! Great guy, um, amazing ball player. He uh, had almost three hundred errors in his career. Three hundred errors. Three hundred times he messed up. He missed the ball. He threw it away. Whatever. Right? Three hundred times. When you think about his career, though, he played for twenty one seasons. And he never missed a game for over 2,600 consecutive games. Big he picture. holds the record yeah. in showing up to consecutive games. And it's 2,600. Before that was Lou Gehrig at 2,200, something like that. But, I mean, which is another feat in itself. But yeah, the it fact is. that these guys were able to show up every single game. And Josh. we're talking double headers. Yes. We're talking about travel. Right. We're talking about sickness. We're talking about all these different things. But how easy is it to look at the 300 errors and say, I'm a failure, yes. and we forget to look at the But, at but the you're right? hitting on something here, yep. too, and we've talked about in the pulpit before. It takes 
consistency and showing up. I was taught that. Tom was too. Like when you work out, I'm going to work out four or five days a week, some days I don't want to go. But this is where the 10-minute rule sometimes comes into the picture at. When you feel like you just can't get through a workout or you can't get through a devotional time or whatever you have to do that you need discipline to do, the 10-minute rule goes like this. You know you need to do it. You need consistency. That's what you're talking about. So I'm going to go, and I'm only going to commit to 10 minutes in the gym. Only 10. I'm going to set my clock 10 minutes. (laughs) Now, more times than not, you're going to stay and get the workout in. And so consistency is huge. There was an old saying in the gym world when I first started going, showing up, Mm -hmm. that's the big thing. If you show up and only work out 10 minutes today, that's better than not showing up. Consistency is huge. Matthew McConaughey wrote an article years ago that I tore out of a magazine and I held on to it. And it was about how he stays disciplined in, in, in exercising, you know, running, you know, whatever it is. And um, he said he has a rule. He puts his shoes by the door, and he says his rule is just tie your shoes. Mm-hmm. That's his rule. That's his only rule. Because once you've done that, then you know you're going to do something. There you go. And, and I love the simplicity of that, right? Um, just show up, and then the second gear will kick well, in. Well, the motivation will come, right? Because I think when you show up, you actually can get a win. Because yeah. you're talking about wins. Those little wins mean right. a lot. But if, if, if you're not motivated right now, right, if you don't feel like doing it, being present, doing right. the thing that you don't want to do will lead you to those wins, which will lead you to more motivation, well, which will yeah, lead you to more discipline. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just it. You show up and you start moving, you start doing the thing, yep. and then you're reminded and reinforced of why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, you're at the gym and you're like, oh, why yeah. am I? Do- oh, yeah, because I want to, my body to work a little bit longer and a little bit better. Uh, Richard Branson, he said that uh, one of the keys to his success in all the years that that he's been successful, uh, he said it's it's being physically active. Runners, thought, so they all they're all connected. That's what I mean. We start with talking about. Uh, we started talking. With, you guys, you guys are pastors, right? Uh, but we all started talking about physical exercise um, because. Once your body starts moving, right. it helps your brain. When your brain starts working better, it helps your heart and your. And what I mean by not just your physical heart, but your your passion and your excitement, and it just all works together. And then eventually, your spirit is also healthy, right? Because you're being intentional. I I think that's how it works. I mean, obviously, you can be in the best shape of your life and screwed up, but hopefully, the key is that everything is integrated. Marathon runners, I was going to add this to you. They always say, and think about marathon runners, right? They always say the first mile is the hardest mile. Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy yep, to think. That's you, true. I mean, the first mile is the hardest mile. So I would say that we're saying just get started, right? Yeah. Wherever you're at. Get well, started. And then Tom said something earlier, too. He said he likes doing devotions in a group better. Now, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Uh, a lot of you, I think a lot of you, maybe all of you, at some point in time, you've had uh, a workout system, a workout a room at home. You've had your weights in the room. Maybe you've had a, a machine or two. How good are you at working out at home? Uh, it, it, you know, About the same as the gym, because I've, I, I've struggled <laughs> to do either. So. I get, you know, until the pandemic, I, you know, I've always had this belief that home gyms don't work. Right. You get home, it's your home. Right. You want to, you know, I don't want to go in the gym. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to have this memory of going out of my garage. And so during the pandemic, I had some equipment at home. And so my son-in-law, Danny and I would come over and work out and it was great. But, but, but the big thing was we were spending time together. Mm. So it wasn't really the, the, the 
gym experience. It was just so, doing something together. So home gyms, in my opinion, still misrepresent. It's two different things. Mm. Home's home, gym's a gym. Mm. And and I think it's hard to mend the two or mold the two into each other. Now, some of you out there may say, hey, it's worked right. for me. And it, but I think then it may be a different purpose. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's timing or well, whatever. My, about my home gym is con- disconnected from my home. Yeah. I think that helps. Yeah, that helps. It, that would, yeah, yeah. That helps. And I was going to say moms, too, because I know my wife, she's just a Peloton beast, mm-hmm. and she found something that she hadn't yes. found. She never thought she would. And she well, there's a digital the, community, in, yeah. you know, which sure. kind of takes you to a different place. Right. She still goes to the gym, but she is consistent on that yeah. Peloton. So I think it works for her. But again, like you said, Tom, I like that you said it's the purpose. Like, And she has, right now, she's in a time frame of life where we have kids well, at home, and she has she wants to get that workout on. And so she. I think you that, have to be a little bit you know, more disciplined. Yeah. To work out at home oh, than sure. you would when you go to a gym, like you were saying, the movie star uh, McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, isn't that yeah? yeah. Uh, when he got his tennis shoes on, he knew he was going somewhere, yeah. right? And so sometimes it helps me when I get into a rut to say, you know what, I can't get back into these devotions, so I'm going to join a group for a few weeks. It yeah. puts pressure sure. on me sure. and helps it's, me be more disciplined. Yep. So I, I feel like I have to work out at home to get in shape enough to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and I love what you said too about breaking up that routine because I don't, you know. Going to the two different, you know, you go to your your uh, gym that you have in your community, and then you go to your other gym. That's good because you have a different place every time. For me, I just go running outside, or I'll ride my bicycle because I cannot. I get stuck in a rut so fast, there just having to always go yeah. to the gym. So I do find different things to do because I don't want to get bored, and I'll find creative ways to, you know, make that thing happen. They have the treadmill at the the gym at where we live, and the treadmill is facing the wall. I hate the treadmill. I cannot do 30 <laughs> minutes in there, but you get me out at yeah. the beach somewhere uh, or someplace nice to walk, yeah. I can get into There's it. a reason why at the gym, the treadmills now have, there's TVs up above. They do. Yeah. Our TVs are out of order, every one of them where we live at. <laughs> That's a bummer. I love when you go in the gym, just side note, and you have the people that throw the towel over the t- clock because right. like, they want to just connect. I'm like, I just well, want to see the clock and I want to be done. There's one like thing I- you can do, guys. There's one thing. I have a huge, I have a, a really uh, solid piece of advice. You can listen to the Off the Mountain podcast while you're working yes, out you to can. motivate you. So you uh, if you're if you're doing that right now, keep running. You only have one mile to go, you know? <laughs> well, I think there's even another word we haven't even we touched pal- on right pal- now, in its purpose. Mm. My wife, this my, my wife on Saturday, we were having this conversation. And she said, I just got to develop the motivation to go to the gym. I go, honey, that's the wrong word. Because mm. motivation isn't, going to the gym doesn't motivate you. It's the purpose of going to the gym that motivates right. you. And I think purpose is the input, passion's the output. Yeah. And I think mm. we are, because we're all gym guys. But let's go down a different road now. Let's yep. talk about different kinds of discipline. Okay, Do, are any of you convicted of, of having more discipline in your diet? Oh, just yeah. for health's sake. Yeah. And how, how do you accomplish that? Well, yeah, there's what you take in, there's what you put out, right? And one affects the other. I have an advantage over you guys because I have no children in the home, and I think Tom does too. <laughs> For me to discipline myself in eating habits, out of sight, out of mind. Mm. So if I don't have anything sweet in the house, now there have been times that I've tore the house apart to see <laughs> if there was some candy left over from somewhere my wife, that I can get a hold my of. My wife That's has awesome. a special tub of snacks for the girls. And um, I always sneak a snack out of there occasionally and <laughs> always occasionally. I, I did it last night and uh, she's like, don't you, you don't take the girl's snacks. Hey, can you grab me some of those uh, apple chips, please? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. We're both your girls. And, the kids and I got to go back to something it a too. It's really difficult. funny because uh, what you referred to a while ago, a few minutes ago, 
about how you uh, were in a staff meeting. All of a sudden, you go, I got to go. Yeah. I went home, and I got to add this. And Debbie said, how'd the staff meeting go? I said, it went really well. I said, Josh forgot to pick up Ollie, but other than that, it went well. <laughs> she freaked out. But uh, your children, and, and I, I, I... I made have, it, by yeah, the way. I made it. You I know, <laughs> your children, you know what they love as a snack? Because you guys have trained them at a very young age. Now, this is important, you young parents. Start your kids on discipline at, at a young age. It is my, uh, you know, my desire that you would have them memorizing verses by three years of age, that they had memorized verses, that they would know how to pray. That's awesome. But even in the, the, uh, the physical diet realm, Josh's kids love seaweed yeah. because Ashley started them out at a young age. So maybe we go down that road for a moment. Well, my kids, uh, didn't uh, they uh, swindle you about McDonald's? Yes, yes, they did. We were driving down the road. And, seaweed McDonald's? And we, we go uh, by Seaweed a, McDonald's? Yeah, no, they don't. We go by McDonald's, and Ollie says, Oh, McDonald's. So I said, Would you like to eat there? Yes, I love McDonald's. And so we go through the drive thru and said, What do you want? She didn't seem to know what she wanted. So I said, Don't you want this? Oh, yeah, that's what I want, Papa. So I, that's what you get all the time. We went through the drive thru, got the stuff, got home, we're eating, and Ollie says, Man, I've never been to McDonald's before. This <laughs> oh, that's is great. So awesome. That's a smart one right <laughs> she there. She conned me. Yeah. <laughs> This is good. This is great. This is great. Well, well, good job, yeah. Josh. Let, let's go back. No, that's good what you're saying, Pastor. We have to have family yeah. values that's and say, you know what? If you don't train kids at a young age, yeah. remember that rule of first mention. When children go to school and they hear something for the very first time that maybe isn't according to your value system, if that's the first time they heard that, that's going to make such a deep impression on their life that that's going to be the grid that they run everything else mm. through on that subject from there on. So you have to teach them before they even get into school. So let's talk about this for a moment. Teaching our kids discipline at a young age. Right. Well, I think that's huge, and I think, Tom, you have a lot to say about this. Unlearning bad habits is almost harder than starting new good habits. And I think a lot of times we le we've we learned these bad habits from just early on. And it's not, you know, I'm not blaming any parent or anything like that. You just pick up things just along the way and you realize like that wasn't the best thing for me. And so having to untrain your mind, untrain what you're doing, because if you keep doing it the way that you're doing it, you're going to get hurt, right? In physical and mental and you have to start a new path. So that's huge what you're saying. Well, what's our goal to right. raising children? Uh, my goal is that they will be responsible adults and good, mm -hmm. faithful adults, that they will be people that uh, can handle anything that life right. brings brings right. to them, um, but also love God throughout every right. circumstance that life, you know, has for them. So, I, you know, um, I was reading in 1 Corinthians because it's our devotions, but um, I kind of went ahead a little bit and, uh, and, and read a little bit about discipline because that's what we're talking about today. But Paul was kept talking to the church about discipline, and and if you don't teach your kids these things, you know, they're not going to be able to uh, finish the race, and that's what mm. Paul talks about. It says, "Do you not know that in a race?" This is First Corinthians uh, chapter nine, twenty four to twenty seven. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete ex exercises self control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run, run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And I think about that, and the competitive side of us thinks that we're running against everybody else, and that's, I don't think that's exactly what Paul was saying. I think he was saying, 
what's the prize for you? What it, what is it that you want to be able to say on your deathbed mm. and go back and say, hey, I did this. You know, I was the person that God wanted me to be. Josh, every time I do a funeral, and I did one Saturday, uh, my good friend Dick Vickstrom, and the people got up, and man, the things they said about him. Mm. Every time I go to a funeral, it's like I'm hearing a sermon. God's speaking to my heart. And I always tell the people, what do you want said about you when you die? Mm. You've got to start on that now. And so funerals are a very convicting time to me because uh, you don't see that in a whole lot of funerals, but you'll right. get one every once in a while where, man, you didn't know what uh, of a great person that that was, and, you know, because you weren't around him maybe that much. Move your phone over. Uh, I'm sorry. No, the other way. I always come to the table with all kinds of things here. I got my phone. Oh, you're good. I got a note scribble here. We just here. have I a lot of electrical equipment. Yeah, that uh, touches electrical equipment. But yeah, and, and I think, again, going back to that, Josh, we must put some effort into disciplining our kids at a young age. Uh, I'll throw something at you. This is crazy. I just thought of it. Could it be we're having more suicides among young people today than ever before? Mm. Could that tie in any way to mental fatigue? Because if we said last week, Pastor Jim brought it out, that in 2007 with the invent of the iPhone, all this stuff coming on the mm. scene, that we start having more of these problems in the mental health field. Could it be that, that maybe one aspect of this is we have kids now that are making all these decisions and, and, and through the day with their cell phones, with their computers, and maybe they're just getting worn out in a mental way. Right. Mm. And maybe that has some tie-in to all the suicides happening today. You, you know, and I even think it goes back to today's devotion in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, where it says, Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. He's got a good example to follow, and he's also setting, because I think there has to be an example, and I think mm -hmm. it has to start in the home. My wife and I have been in private school education, and she's in the public school at the highest level. You know, a lot of parents make a mistake thinking that somebody else is going to raise my kids, mm -hmm. and that's not the case. Right. It starts in the home. There's gonna be the, the, the level of whatever you're going to teach with ethics, morality, spirituality, you know, whatever it is, needs to come from the home. Mm. And so parents have to step up. My wife will talk about it. My wife's got masters in um, uh, behavior and those things that coping mechanisms nowadays is lower than it's ever been. These well, kids don't know how to cope. They don't know how to cope. They're, they're not it's, strong. It's the, well, and they haven't been taught. Internally. Well, yes. Right. And I think to be strong internally, you got to be taught. Well, you got to have a leadership that would show you how yeah. to get there. And I think if if you aren't able to do it, put them in an environment where they yes. can do it and they can yes. get that. So yeah. so I think when kids are growing up, people are like, ah, oh, somebody else will do this. Well, yeah, they will, but they won't do it the way you would do it. Mm. And I think we have to go more back to Is, that. Isn't that the, the old philosophy very often about sending your kids to Sunday school? Oh, they'll teach them about God. I don't right. have to do it. They'll teach them. Right. Like one hour once a week's going to do yeah, that. But isn't it that where people would like to pawn off because they don't have discipline? Yeah, you know, my daughter's starting to have homework in kindergarten, and yeah. um, I don't remember ever having homework. In, well, I don't remember doing my homework ever, but uh, that's <laughs> the problem is, is I always had this anxiety of doing homework when I was younger, and so now I'm starting to feel that anxiety again, and I'm like, no, we need to focus and we need to do this because it's going to create this discipline inside of her mind of having to do things you don't want to do right. and having to endure those things. And the problem with these cell phones, Dad, you're right, is this is a huge distraction from anything that I have to do, right? Um, if I have responsibility, ah, instead I can check the Dodger score today. Instead, but Josh, I can are you mentally weather. wearing yourself out? As you said last week, and I have also quit doing this, 
you get up first thing in the morning to go on your news feed. Mm -hmm. Now, not only are you making decisions on which article to look at, then you're thinking about the world's coming to an end yeah. or oh, whatever. Right. You think about what should I do? Oh man, I, I need to order some extra food to get this, you know, in my garage right. and have it on hand. Mm -hmm. You're making all these decisions and you're wearing yourself out. And then you don't uh, have the energy sometimes to give to the most important thing. Could you imagine um, if the world wars happened during the age of social media? You know, I mean, right. the, yeah. the horrible things that happened, uh, right. World War II, uh, the Nazi invasion, all these things. If we were able to see that happen, if we were to see Auschwitz happen uh, via social media, mm -hmm. the anxiety and the level would be insane. It would be insane. And now um, horrible things are happening all over the world and we're seeing them and we're feeling that anxiousness. We're well, well that. they said in the Civil War that no one really got the cost of the war or the battle in the United States until they saw the pictures of the battlefield. And mm. that came out a wow. few years afterwards. So they started seeing the cost. Like, wow. Those are real costs. Those mm. are somebody's right. kids. Those are real bodies yeah. as, as you go through this. Pastor, you were talking about the phone. How many times do you go? You don't need to look for a distraction. Oh, you gosh. can go just to look for something. All of a sudden, you're in a rabbit hole. Mm. But, but because <laughs> they, they, right? Because no, yeah. this has been intended to take you that direction. You could go to look at weather. I'll get up and go weather. My wife goes, Hey, what's the weather? I go, I don't know. I've been looking for weather for five we minutes. We need to do a podcast on phones and on digital media and yeah. how how do we live with them but not let them overtake yes. us? Because we do, they are useful. But, right? but let's go back yes. to children. Yep. Are we not to discipline them while they're young with their yes. phones and yeah. with their social yes. media? Yeah. And I, yes. think, I don't think it's legalistic. Uh, to take the approach that some parents have going, you can be on social media two hours a day or wow. one hour or whatever. And that's all we put them, put everything away yeah. after that. My daughter, uh, she's, she's almost six. <clears throat> she's in kindergarten. She wants a phone. Like, wow. No, no way. Of course not. Right, you, right. you can't have a phone at this age uh, because other kids have phones at well, that age. Yeah. But do they get on phones and play games? Yeah, but, they but, do. I mean, it's just. But the thing is, is like, what's it's a well, well, I'm not criticizing that yeah. because there is a merit, and my wife will tell you about this. That that there is a merit to say there is good in this, and kids can use it. But the minute they misbehave, the discipline is well. Taken they away. they do have. I will say this: my kids do have access to an iPad, like occasionally sure. for the games, right? But there's a major limit on yes. it. Um, yes. Yes. Well, know. even your mother, we babysit your children very often. And she will allow them to watch maybe some cartoons, Paw Patrol or whatever. And I want to say to the young parents out there, I'll go through the channels, and I don't know much about cartoons. My wife will go, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. They're not allowed to watch that one. Mm -hmm. But she'll let them watch them for an hour, hour and a half. She'll say, okay, cartoons off, no more. Now, it's easier for some parents because that TV can be a babysitter. Mm -hmm. Let's put it on four or five hours right. and we go do our thing. Good, yeah. But it, it takes work to raise good yes, kids. Yeah. Well, and you know, I have a high schooler now. He's a sophomore and I have a couple of younger ones and we didn't give Huntington and it was weird. It, you know, his friends would be like, you don't have a phone. No, I don't have a phone. We didn't give him a phone until his freshman year until we started going to school. Cause we wanted to make sure he was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, new place and stuff, but giving your kid a, uh, a phone is like giving them a loaded gun in some ways. Yeah. There's so much stuff they can have access so to. And true. I think you're, I think you're, Again, different strokes. I'm not telling people how to raise their kids. If your kids have phones, that's that's you're the parent. You know how to do it. Sure. I just I waited to give Huntington the phone, and we're waiting to give Kindle the phone, and we restrict their access. And but we're telling them like, hey, you got to be responsible with what you have. 
you can come down a rabbit hole. Now Huntington will come to me and I'm not bragging on Huntington, but it's like, Hey dad, I was on this website here. Look, this is what it was. And he like informs me. So it's like, I don't catch him doing this weird thing on the phone or whatever. Mm. And so that's good. So I'm in place that I'm not saying all kids will be like that. Um, but I do think that comes down to me letting him know how that phone can change his life. Okay, you, you, really guys, good you guys have more technology than me, obviously. Yeah. Now here's our problem. Obviously you, you give a phone to a teenager now they can pull up porn at any given moment. Any, any moment. What are some of your uh, techniques that you would use in giving a teenager a phone to keep them from getting addicted to pornography? Well, the big one is if you're any active parent, we're able to see every site he frequents. We we have just you can pull up every URL through history, through your um, AT&T, Sprint, whatever. I know this sounds like, well, you're invading your kid's privacy. No, it's I'm, I'm looking out for them, you know, at this point. And I'll go through, and sometimes I'll go through that list, and I'll go, hey, what's this, Huntington? And like a friend sent me that link. And then sure enough, it's a text from a friend that sent him a link, and I'm like, what was it? He's like, it was a funny video. Okay, but it, it's just staying active, wow. having good conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't, Huntington will watch videos that most, maybe some Christian parents would say, well, he should never watch that. It's funny. It's like an SNL skit. I don't lose my mind when I see that stuff on his phone. I go, ha, ah, that's funny, but, you know, hey, watch your intake. Right. I don't freak out. And I think that's a bigger deal because I want him to know like, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to be so legalistic that I'm trying to stop you from seeing things. You're going to see it at some point when he yeah. turns. He's going to see you're it. You're being flexible, but you're not compromising. I'm not compromising. But you have to be flexible. You have flexible. To be. There's and, a rebellion. And, and, I mean, there's been times yeah. where I've, I've had to have full conversations with them like that. You may think it's funny now. And as a parent, as as a, knowing the kid I was, I'm trying to straight face some of this stuff, trying not to laugh because I'm like, that was a funny video. But I'm like, that's an, that's an appropriate Let me question. make two observations here. Number one, how many parents are doing what Vince just said? I mean, that is a, that's imperative. You have yep. to do that. Uh, that's the first thing. And number two, right. let me highlight that as a good parent, I think you have to be somewhat flexible, uh, but yet you don't want to compromise. Right. Tara, you know, when she was growing up, she had a poster of Don Johnson on her wall, and she had some stuff. <laughs> that I don't think I was particularly real fond of her right. doing or having. But there's a point to where you could be too legalistic and you could run them off. Right. And so uh, does anybody want to speak to that, how you're flexible without compromising? That's, you did. You just spoke right, to that. Right. You're saying, Huntington, yeah, SNL skip might not be the best, but you know what? You're a boy. If there's nothing real dirty in it or bad, maybe I'll let you do my, that, but I won't let you do this. My girls are uh, young, obviously, two and five, uh, about to be three and six. And um, I will, my wife and I will sit down and we'll watch a movie with them um, or even before them in order to show, allow them to, to watch it. Right. Uh, because we know that, you know, there could be uh, any type of uh, content in there that could really affect them. So, I, I sit down and I, I've watched uh, so many, you know, kids movies. And, and so if, if something gets too scary or if it's a little bit weird, um, we will figure out something else. We'll distract them with something else. Well, go, so. going back to what Vince said, can you tell our people how to do what you said you did with his phone? Because some of our people out there might be like me. They're not, you know real knowledgeable of the tech stuff out there. Yes. Yeah, so your uh, phone every, you so do. every phone number with your um with your your data, you know, who you pay. So you have ATT Sprint, whatever you have, they will give you a full list out every month. You can actually get it via email. 
of all the sites that are frequented on your plan. So they have to be on your plan. So if your kid has their own plan, that's, you know, if they're paying for their own cell phone, then that's a completely different thing. But if you, if you're in control of the family plan, um, you can go right in and ask for all the URLs that they visit and you're that able to look it up. Really good. And well, so, you and can actually get all their texts, everything. It's well, everything. We, that's one right. of the things. Well, yeah. One of the things that I think parents make me mistake for is when you, when we handed our girls a phone and we didn't hand it to them until they're like 10 or 11 I told them it's my phone. There you go. No, it, it is. It's yeah. my phone. Yeah, that's true. And, and, I, and there's nothing. You don't put a password on it that's that I don't know. That's my ears, Tom. You, you, you do yeah. that. I, our computer, everybody, yep. all my my girls, so they come home to my phone right now. <laughs> they open my phone up because we all have a password that we say we're going to use. Right. So so I think it's important to know that it's still in your control. And and, and I don't think you lose that control and, and it's like my girls come home now. I mean, Tesla, Danny will come home from Tennessee, Taylor from Irvine. If they want to see my phone, I'm not worried about it because I'm right, accountable right. to them right. as they are to me. But I 100%. raise them up as that, too. And I, and I think, too, um, telling them why. Yeah. I think in, in, yes. any, oh, in any discipline, uh, whether it's for your, your kids or, your, or even for yourself, you have to know why. Yeah. If you don't know why, then it's like, what's the point? You know, dad's just being too strict. He's just being mean, whatever. Like, you just tell them why. Where's the boundary line between invasion of privacy and just being a good parent? Yeah. Tara was uh, 16, had her driver's license, and I let her know. I said, you know what? I said, uh, I trust you, but there might be some times as a parent I have to really find out where you are at. You have to earn my trust. Right. And uh, so, so where's that line at? Because one night she was 16, said, I'm going to this certain place, and I actually... <laughs> drove out to where she was supposed to be to make sure she was there. And it was horrible because some of her friends saw me and said, there's Pastor Ron. They yeah. ran over and they told her. And now yeah. uh, there are other tools like well, now Jags, you do. Life360. Yeah. I mean, you can track your kids yeah. on their phones. So that's another good thing about phones, but then there's also the negative. But going back so. to what you said, I just sit down and said, sweetheart, you know what? I'll pray about if that was right or not. Yeah. But I let her know why I did what I did. I love you, and you're earning my trust. Mm. I think talking to them a lot, again, there's a lot that goes into being a good parent. Well, well what Tom said yeah. is huge, and I want to double down what you said, Tom. The two-way street, ha letting your kids also hold you accountable to yes. things. And I think parents underestimate that. Like, well, you, you know, No, you're not going to tell me what to do. I, I literally, Huntington, go ahead and look at my phone, bud. Like, whatever. They were laughing the other day. Like, Dad, you're on TikTok. No, I'm not. Dad, you look at TikTok. No, I'm not. Like we saw you and I had created an account, which is a funny story because I had created an account just to watch your TikTok workout videos. <laughs> and they're like, we saw it on your phone. I'm like, go to my, go to my phone. Look at the, so they opened it up. They wanted to see what I looked at is all your stuff. It's just your stuff. <laughs> I'm funny. like, I don't look at anything on TikTok, but I was willing to show them, Hey, I'm not willing to, cause they want a TikTok account, you know, yeah. I'm not willing to, you know, I'm, I'm holding myself accountable saying like, look at my phone. I'm yeah. not on there. I'm That's not good. doing things. So I think having that with your kids, same thing with, you know, driving a car, you know, I'm well, teaching Huntington to drive right now. It's like, Hey, I won't break these laws. This is how you drive. And then the other day we got in the car and we kind of did a burnout. I'm like, okay, you once in a while I can do a burnout, but on a country <laughs> road. And he was laughing and he's like, dad, I'll never do a burnout. And I'm like, uh-huh, you'll do well, a burnout. <laughs> well, well, I think it goes into a car. My, both my girls uh, graduated college and I told them that I'm going to have you a car. And they actually had better cars than my wife and I. Because mm. I wanted them to be able to come home. Right. Because they both went to school in L.A. And so as they did, I says, now, when you guys graduate, I go, there's an opportunity because I'm giving them a, a something to accomplish. I'm saying, you can get this car, but you got to have good grades. You've yep. got to graduate. Yep. You've got to graduate single. And I threw a caveat in. 
and not pregnant. <laughs> my wife goes, well, you have to say that. I go, I want to be clear. I want to be very clear. I want to make sure they know. But, but, but I'm saying, communication. I, 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 yeah. I was communicating with, and yep. guess what? They both got yep. their cars. Yep. They both had sold them and got another car. But it was, a, it was something I said, hey, it's going to be worth it for you at the end. And, but there's requirements to get there. And you know, I, don't, I don't mind saying it on the air. And I've said it many other times. But I think it's okay to have expectations on children. Back in the years, I think we might have uh, disciplined our kids a little more than we do today. Uh, my first car, I had to work in the corn sheds, the potato sheds. I had to go out and earn the money for mm-hmm. my first car. It wasn't handed to right. me. They really didn't even help me. They said they would pay my insurance. But I think some of the things we did in the old days might need to be brought back around today. I think we, and again, I better not go down that rabbit hole, we would say. Well, but, let me see. So uh, Josh brought up something the other day when I, was, when I was talking. We were talking about ki- our kids going to bed early, and you're laughing at me, and that's okay. Because uh, I said uh, uh, Huntington like, goes to bed at 8.30, 8.30, right. 9 o'clock. He's a high schooler. About to be 16, you're like, that's way too early. You're like, he's like, oh, you got to go to bed at 8. But the reason why we haven't go to bed so early is because he plays sports all through the day. Yes. But it's also, my parents didn't give me a bedtime. I'd stay up till midnight, 1 o'clock. I'd show up to school, and then I would stay up. It was a routine, right? Well, when I turned into an adult, when I had to do it on my own, I would sleep in. You know, it, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to break that habit. And so it's like setting those habits early where I want him to know like, hey, go to bed at 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. You know, when you decide that you feel like you can stay up that late and still be functional, but at this point, it's like I'm trying to teach him that discipline. Now, am yeah. I flexible? Yes. Dad, he'll, Dad, I really want to watch this movie with you tonight. Can I stay up late? 100%, bud. It yeah. happens all the time. So it's like, am I flexible with it? Mm-hmm. Yes. But right. do we have a discipline that we constantly try to you know, make sure that it happens? All, Was it healthy sure. or not healthy in the old days? We had to make our bed. We had to keep our room clean. Oh, healthy. We had to do chores. We had chores we had to do. Right. We didn't even get paid any allowance right. for them very often, <laughs> but we had to do our chores. And I think maybe uh, throughout the, the the decades, maybe we've lost a little bit of that. But on the other hand, too, because knowledge is progressing, yes. we've gained a lot of stuff, too, that right. we didn't uh, do in those well, days. Well, pa- Pastor, go back and think about this, because I always thought about it, and I was talking to my family the other day about it. On Saturdays, my mom would get us up early, and we're like, we could sleep in. Hmm. She goes, sun's up. You guys need to get outside. You need to go out and play. Yep. Hmm. And she locked the door. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. We had to go out That's and socialize really with our neighbors, yes. didn't we? Yes. And we didn't That's come home funny. so it was dark. But I mean, yes. I know you can't do that nowadays. But there was a thing where my mom, my mom was like, "You're not going to sleep in on Saturday, right? Right? Because you're going to, you know, it's going to be trouble on Monday." Mm. So it's set habits yep. for us too. Yeah. Good. Well, I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, we've been at this for a little bit, but there's such there's so much to talk about when it comes to discipline. Uh, whatever it is that you're going through in your life that you want to accomplish or get past, discipline could be the answer. It probably is, right? And so, you know, make your own rules, make your own set of disciplines. And and one thing that I've learned too is don't overcommit. Don't say I'm going to do mm. 50 things. Yes, you know they're going to be it's right. going to be perfect. Uh, set a, a couple of things a day that you want to accomplish, Small and um, and start from there. Maybe we should end on that one because we might need to come back and talk about overcommitting. Yes. Yeah, you can't be disciplined to. Uh, too many things at one time. Yes. You just can't. Something's going to fall. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, we love you guys. I uh, hope you have a great week, and we will see you next week. Love you.